Welcome to Fulfillment Hero, where we share, define, and discuss the principles and model of filling life. My name is Dustin, and I'm here with two great men. I'm Sal. We got my partner in crime over there, and we're in this usual red, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah. You know it's all about the red. All about <laughs> the red. And our awesome guest today, we've got Alberto Solis. Hi, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, and to just get right on the topic, we're talking. Uh, we're going to talk about leadership today, huh? Yes, uh, we are. Well, so. Let's go, uh, Alberto. Uh, can you give us a quick introduction on on yourself? Okay, just absolutely. Like, so, yeah. Um, well, I um, I've been in Albuquerque for over twenty years now. I was a transplant to Albuquerque from Anchorage, Alaska, where I grew up. Um, I was born in Glendale, California. My parents are from Chihuahua, Mexico, and ended up in Anchorage by, as well as being born in California because my dad was working on um, international projects. And so uh, he worked for Alaska Pipeline Corporation in Anchorage. And so um, my brothers and I were raised um, by mom and dad in Anchorage. And uh, when they decided, when they were planning on moving back to Chihuahua City, uh, actually a city called Cuauhtémoc, about an hour from Chihuahua City, I thought this would be a good place to be. It's close to, to uh, Chihuahua, and I had a friend of mine who was living here, so this is where I came down, and as it turned out, my, my parents ended up staying here in Albuquerque back in 1993. That's, that's, that's it. Yeah, well, that's, it's a pretty interesting story how you ended up here, uh, and it's been a lot of fun hearing the kind of things that you've gone through, the experience you've gone through. I know you've been working in California, I think you mentioned growing up right. uh, or living in, in Anchorage. Yep. Um, and actually at that time, or what, what was your big dream? I, I want to throw a little twist in uh, with this dream question. Growing uh, up? Yeah, what was your dream growing up? You know, growing up, I mean, I, you, the things that I wanted to be, so I always wanted to go into law enforcement. I, I, when I was younger, I, I wanted to do like federal law enforcement. I thought that I would do something like FBI or or U.S. Marshals. I've always liked the idea of, you know, like going after bad, bad guys. But, but then I also, as I got older into my teenage years, I got into American government, U.S. government, and, and in an American government class, I had my senior year of high school, and so I got this crazy idea that I'd, I'd you know, I'd go into politics, be a lawyer. And uh, when I graduated from UNM in 1996, um, somebody uh, encouraged me to get into sales so I could learn how to sell because you'd have to learn how to sell. But, you know, legal services and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so I ended up working for IBM in San Francisco. So I went back to California, and, um, and I worked for IBM in the Bay Area. And I spent four years in California before I came back to Albuquerque, where my family was already living. Mm -hmm. And, well, before you got back to Albuquerque, is there any is there a particular experience that stood out to you that may have defined those years of so much growth? I mean, obviously, we're all growing every single day, but uh, especially in those early years. Yeah, you know, I had a... I had a a wonderful uh, childhood and, and growing up as a teenager, you know, young adult in Anchorage. Anchorage is a small city. Uh, didn't necessarily feel like a small city until we went down to Seattle or anywhere else in the lower 48. But um, it was a great place for us to grow up because I love the outdoors, love the mountains. And that's what brought me to Albuquerque is knowing that it had mountains and it would snow. And, um, mm. and, so, uh, and so I grew up playing hockey and uh, in soccer as well cross-country ski and stuff like that, uh, ran cross-country, ran trails. Um, but hockey, I would say hockey and soccer are the, really the, the things that define me because my parents believed in, in us playing sports. And as the oldest of five, there were four boys and one girl. Um, that 
that I, I believe that really defined, you know, who I was playing competitive sports, especially physical sports like hockey, um, because uh, it, w- it was really an extension of how I grew up as, as you know, one of five, and the way my dad and mom raised us, you know, um, traditional Mexican family, and you know, and so, but always, my parents were always entrepreneurial. That's pretty cool. You know what? One thing that sticks out about that is hockey. Hey, I'm, I'm curious about that too. Hockey. <laughs> so, you know, for the kids out there doing sports, what lessons would you say you learned that you took from sports that you could still apply to life today? Because I believe I'll, there's a lot of things that I learned from high school sports that I'm like, man, I, I learned that through through sports and I still apply it to my life today, like discipline or, you know, hard work but you have a goal cooperation yeah you want to go to state championship that's our big vision right and right. what 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 do you think you picked up from hockey that you still use in today's world you know so so at the you know at the, at the top level i mean at the surface i would say leadership and teamwork right mm. but if you if you go beneath that um it's character you know and it's, so it's um it's one number, number one being vulnerable because you know you're i mean physically you know it's a physical sport like other sports like you know, uh, football or something like that. You know, rugby and so on. Um, when you can get your, you know, your, uh, you know, your lights, uh, you, know, you get your, you get clocked. I don't know when I see it, or if you get a fight or something on the ice. You know, on behalf of your team. Um, you know, those aren't things that you really think about in the moment, but um, but they cause anxiety, and so you're vulnerable to that kind of stuff. You get the butterflies going in the games. Um, obviously, obviously, um, group of guys. Everyone's you know more or more or less aggressive, and you want to win. Whether you're on a winning team or your team is struggling, um, you're, you're still competitive. So, so the vulnerability is really important. Having a sense of uh, values is really important on the team. Like, what do you, what does the team stand for, right? And uh, not even though egos, you know, will 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 go, you know, will will be rampant sometimes. Um, I think it's important to understand, you know, what the team needs, like serving others. And so, uh, you know, being of service to others. I mean, I, it's easier for me to say now with, you know, years of experience in life. But back then, it makes a lot of sense. I can see how um, not just thinking of myself as a hockey player, but my te- as a teammate to others, whether, you know, I, w- I was in the leading role or was following other leaders that I admired on the team, like upperclassmen or something like that, you know, or helping uh, the younger ones come up um, on a varsity team um, and club teams. That was very important for me. And I... And, so that kind of competitive nature, the having needing to have humility, needing to be resilient, because you know, mm-hmm. fortunately I didn't have any bad injuries, but you know, um, you know, getting your ego bruised and your body your body bruised, and coming back and training, getting better, becoming a better version of yourself, and then, you know, seeing the success come out when you when you win a championship or something like that, when you get to go to a national tournament, um, that that's fulfilling, and so I think that carries over into into life. <clears throat> and serving others uh, true leaders uh, don't really don't just boss their followers around they serve them uh, so what a, a sweet principle to follow and something to learn it, it could be you're unaware of but something that you start to pick up on uh, especially as you grow as a human being so I think there's on that there's two things right there's power and power could be bought given could also be taken away then there's authority and authority is when people follow you because they want to follow you how much more do people give when they follow you because hey i want to follow you 
you go through a wall for that person. Uh, power is like, I'm in a position. Um, this is my position. Do this for me. Um, and maybe they listen because out of fear, but not because they want to. So do you really get 100%? I love, I love, I want to really pick you on that leadership. It's huge. I like yeah. that. You know, when you're younger and you're in those roles, uh, you know, you're, you're thinking of, of performing, you're, you're seeking validation without even admitting it, right? Because mm -hmm. you want to be one, one of the, not only one of the guys, but you want to be a good player. Um, you want to be, you know, you want to, you want to, especially if it's a competitive team that you need to qualify for. Um, but, you know, you want to, you want to know that you're valuable to the rest of the team. You want to know the coach and the coaching staff think, think that you're good. Um, but when, when you, when you, when I look back to, um, where I was a, a good leader, for example, uh, among guys my own age, maybe even guys older than me, especially the one when I was an upperclassman, for example, when I was playing hockey in high school, and I, was, I remember the guys, you know, coming up, the younger younger classmen. Um, that's where you see you, you have a choice. You know, you can either demand respect, mm -hmm. you know, and for someone to uh, to to uh, follow you, or you can command it. And what that means to me is earn it, and so and that takes humility, and with humility you got to be vulnerable, you know. And that vulnerability, I mean, what makes sense to me now that didn't back then, is that um, vulnerability means that you, you're not sure someone's going to want to follow you, right? And so um, your choice sometimes might be to force someone to want to follow you, right? And if, if the other person is passive or willing to do it for whatever reason, they'll follow you. And then you get the you know the false idea that that you really are a leader and you have authority, right? But um, but sometimes we you know that you might it might be when things get difficult on on a team or you know um, I remember there were sometimes you know fights on the ice and stuff like that. Um, if, if people didn't you know if you didn't earn the respect and they didn't rely on you, believe in you, and want to help you, uh, you'd be out there by yourself. <laughs> we versus a team that was cohesive and that everybody. You know, leader among leaders, regardless of skill level or who was toughest or, you know, whatever, um, that team stuck, stood together, you know. And so, and that's why I see a lot of correlations between that experience, you know, playing that kind of a sport, you know, and, and, and you know, leading a family, mm. you know, and, and uh, you know, being involved, you know, leading a program or, or being, um, even if you, your title isn't manager or director or whatever, chief or this or that, CEO, president, you know, understanding that you still can lead yourself. And, and, I, and I, I really trace that back to hockey. And, and you hit on such a good word, authority. I, I mean, no, I'm sorry, vulnerability. Like to be vulnerable because I believe as men sometimes, I mean, this is generality, but it's hard for us to be vulnerable. Right. Right. We're, we want to, we want to, have it all figured out yeah so how does how does how do we go into how does someone be vulnerable how do you start that you know one of the things that helped me is uh when i when i so i'm 47 right and and in the past um in my past you know from say my, my mid-20s to where i'm at now mm -hmm. i've experienced uh things that you know out you know outside of sports you know just in life right I have two kids, uh, two teenagers, and um, you know I, I, I divorced you know, uh, from their mom, and we co-parent. We do you know really well, and uh, you know now I'm engaged, and 
But when I look back at all those things, you know, like the past 10 years, um, all I see is now is vulnerability that I didn't want to accept, right? And I and so where I'm going with this is that um, I think it, that it's easier to make the most of what you will learn from realizing that you're vulnerable by looking at what you've been like, or what choices you've made in your past, and what you're like now in the present, and what you would like to be in the future. Like what kind of better version of yourself you want to become. And I think it's harder, at least in my experiences, to become that better version of yourself. Like like genuinely, honestly becoming that better version of yourself. If you can't come to terms, if you can't accept what you have been in the past, and even who you are now, even if you're already becoming a better version. And so um, that it, it's that process, right, of, of being able to say, I take ownership of the choices I made, but I'm not the person, you know, who, who I was. You don't have to dwell on the past, but, you know, at least you know where you came from based on your choices. Mm-hmm. And then I think it sets you free to take some measurable risks um, instead of being reckless, taking some measurable risks in, in being that man you want to be or that person you want to be, you know, man or woman, to be bold, right? Mm-hmm. And, but, but be more wise about it. I'm excited that we got into this because <laughs> on the, the car ride over here, we talked literally specifically about this uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the money. So I'm, I'm happy that we began to share this because it's important being vulnerable yeah. and right. uh, having that extreme ownership, owning it and accepting it for what it is and saying, all right, yeah. what can I do to move forward now? Because that is what it is. I'm not going to shy away from it. Uh, and by doing that, it gives you more confidence, gives you a bit more swagger, and there you go, momentum builds, and yeah. you're off to the races. You really are, you know? I, I told Dustin on the way up here, I said it wasn't until I finally owned everything that, okay, I wasn't proud of things I did, but you have to own it. It's yeah. like, okay, this is mine. I could have done better, but once I owned it, I felt free. I was like, this is mine, and I'm not ashamed of, if anybody comes up and asks me about it, I'm no longer ashamed about my past or people's opinions about it it's like that's who i was but i know that's not who i am now and every time you see me hopefully i'm a different person because every day i got i want to make the best of it yeah but yeah that's that's so crazy when you're saying that's just like clicking in our head because we just literally talked about that on the way up here it, it well it traps us right i mean you know when we and I, again i'm speaking from experience you know when we, when we when one day you realize you know well shit i'm you know i've been a people pleaser right and mm-hmm. I, I've caught myself being a people pleaser. I've been, you know, I've, I've cared what other people think about me. And when, when the moment I thought, no, I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't care what people think about me. But when you realize, yeah, I have, and that's why I made some choices. And you, but you, instead of getting stuck in that, you, you dial it back and think, you know, go back to the root of it and think, why, why was I concerned about what people think about me, you know, uh, and um, why was I seeking validation? I think it's simply because. We, we, we think that we, I think you said it earlier, Sal, and that's that we think we have to figure things out on our own and everything has to be perfect, right? And one of the things that I remember, you know, I remember like when I lived, I lived, for example, when I lived in San Francisco and I was working for IBM, I'd walk around a lot the city, you know, and more than once I would see how different people would react when I was people watching on the street when they hit like an edge on a sidewalk and they would fall right and like in particular like men and 
and whether they were walking with other people or you know or, or a woman or by themselves or other buddies or whatever and they would either be real embarrassed or get you know really upset or some of them would just kind of laugh it off or some of them would just get up and you know brush themselves off and keep walking and it was kind of an example in my mind of you know how you can deal with life right and the choices you make in the past or even circumstances that you didn't choose to have but they just came into your life right um good or bad or whatever you know and so you know the ability to okay you didn't expect to trip and fall but you did and what are you going to do from that moment on you know you're going to get up are you going to let that consume you and get upset and react be reactive or are you just going to say well you know didn't see that coming right mm-hmm. and then just get up and then keep on walking and even maybe laugh it off or you know not take yourself so seriously and if other people are laughing at you then you know not really worry about it you know laugh with them or something right but and it's easier said than done, I think, but but I think it's an example of um, when you know you're you're vulnerable to things that you're out of your control, that are external to you, then you're not worried about, you know, it happening to you, right? Like tripping or maybe, you know, or if you get in an accident when you're driving to work or something like that. You, you weren't planning on that. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is the meaning you give it, right? And... And uh, does it does it define who you are? Do you look like an idiot or ah, just you know, you're, it just happened, right? Or the choices you've made in the past, whether involved money or relationships or your children or your health or whatever, um, if you give it a meaning that you know, that traps you, which I have done in the past and has kept me back, um, then that's it's it's something that you can change because it's meaning you gave yourself, right? It's not something that somebody gave you, right? Uh, nobody gave you that meaning. You gave it to yourself. And so I think it's that's where you can use, you know, accepting vulnerability as something not to dwell on, not to define you, but just mm-hmm. to say, you know, um, I'm going to continue to, you know, take risks and grow. And I don't know what's going to happen externally, but I know what I, what I, what, you know, what I can define it. Um, if, if, you know, if anything happens, I can just define it as just life. But my my vision to keep moving forward, or my 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 steps to become a better version of myself, that's something that's on me, and I can take care of that, and you know I can be bold and take those risks and learn from whatever experience. That's powerful meaning. I believe life is meaning that we give to everything. How could you take one person that maybe lost something that they really love, and another person same thing, but one person comes out and empowers other people and helps them through it, while another person goes down another route and it's because right. they gave it a different meaning that's right so if something comes up what meaning how could this be for me not to me right right what meaning so that yeah. that's huge the meaning that we give things in life i love that yeah mm. it's good not to shy away from that in today's social media age it's easy to make a mistake and hide behind you know the internet wall but to literally fall in public in whatever way you want to put it uh, it's hard on people and you're right it is easier said than done but what a crazy awesome thing to put yourself mentally in a position where you can get up and keep going no matter what the situation is and uh, no matter what walls aren't there or however many people see you being able to keep up or to get up and keep trucking along well you mentioned internet and, and I'll just say this really quickly one of the things that, that bugs the hell out of me is 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 when you're on Facebook or, you, or you're on, you know, and people are just, you know, 
people either avoid talking about things that matter to them, right? It doesn't really depend where you lie on politics or where you lie on religion or family or whatever. You know, to each their own. But, but I think one of the things, since we're talking about leadership, it all comes back to how you lead yourself. Man or woman, child or adult, doesn't matter. Teen, somewhere in between, doesn't really matter. We, can all, we all have the ability to choose to lead our, our lives, you know, whether we're living with parents or we're the, or we're the parents or we're on our own or whatnot. But one of the things I see on, online is that people are willing to make these comments, you know, when, they, when they're trying to debate something, right? Whether you're on the left or the right or you're for this or you're for that, you know, and, and no one does the gut check. Would I be willing to sit down with someone who I'm making this comment on, look them in the eye and have that same conversation? I'm not talking about being in combative mode. I'm not talking about, you know, getting into an altercation, you know, because you've already lost it if, if you're, if you're you know, if that's where you're at. But I'm talking about actually, instead of making a, a snarky remark or a comment that, you know, that, that, you know, people call hiding behind the keyboard, are you willing to have that conversation with someone where you can look them in the eye and, and it's kind of like playing tennis, right? You, you hit the ball over and then hit it back, right? Mm -hmm. But you do it with respect, right? You understand that person, you know, also has a sense of dignity like you do and, um, and you earn that respect and they should earn your respect. And so I, you know, with regards to with the digital age we're at now, I think it's so important to, you know, know what your intention is and try to just simply make that known and be open to understanding what someone else's intention is. We don't have to agree on stuff, but we can just agree to disagree, right? But either instead of becoming passive or even or worse, passive aggressive or just simply aggressive because you're masking something that you're fearful of, you can just be assertive. You know, and be kind and assertive, and and I think, you know, we can leverage the things that we love on online and you know social media, but more importantly, bring it back down to, you know, relationships with people in person, and in person, yeah. It goes back to the intentions, being intentional. I mean, I guess if you take away the the cell phones and the Facebook, Instagram, those kinds of things. Yep. But just having that mindset all the time. And like Sal mentioned, I know Sal really puts us at the or puts it at the forefront of of his thinking of you know, going to to add value, you know, having a real purpose, having a, a good intention, and following through with that versus just going in to you know wreak havoc, uh, to stir the pot, to get things that aren't getting anyone any further in these conversations that drive people crazy, especially even now. I mean, you see it. If you happen to come across the news or this or that, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, it's I can't believe how divided things can look uh, through different media's. Although I don't think all people are or all peoples are divided. I mean, you have us us here. Who I'm sure we have different views in some ways or shapes or forms, but we're able to come and have you know great conversations and share That's our points without being concerned because uh, we're doing it in a respectful way and an intentional way. Uh, yeah. something that our prayer included is, hey, let's show up today to add value for our listeners. I you know, I think, if, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think that, you know, it's a difference between, you know, having a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset, right? Because if you if you have a scarcity mindset, you're really thinking like a zero sum. Like, I don't want to say this because, you know, they won't agree with me. They'll reject my idea. So, again, you're thinking win-lose. Or, you know, um, I don't want to, you know, I, I can say this behind a screen, but I wouldn't say it in person, not just because of the distance, because somebody might be across the country, but because, you know, I'm afraid of what will happen. And that's a scarcity mindset. 
But an abundance mindset means, hey, if this is something I stand for, then it's not about winning right now. It's not about you know doing a sprint and it's done. It's not a finite thing. It's an infinite thing, right? It's about enduring that conversation and you know not about necessarily having to win that argument or whatever. It's just you just you're just you're conversing with someone, and, and if you disagree, you disagree, right? Yeah. And so, and it's, and I think you know I don't know where we're headed in our you know society in our country you know with all this division stuff, but I just think that you know if we if we if we as individuals just all like start being more aware, more conscious, and more conscientious about you know are we approaching it from a scarcity mindset or are we approaching it from an abundance mindset? And what I mean by that is in an abundance mindset. All I'm saying is, um, have have that discussion with somebody. Be okay with them disagreeing with you. It's not a rejection of you. It's just a rejection of what your what your idea is. And you know, if you rege- if you di- if you disagree with them, you're not rejecting that person. You're rejecting what their idea is. And uh, it's kind of when people play rugby, right? They beat the shit out of each other, and they beat the hell. Sorry for my. For, I'm not supposed no, to. Say no, you're good. But you know, they beat the crap out of each other, kind of like hockey. But that's what I love about rugby is that you hear that you know they go and, and beat the crap out of each other, and then they go have a beard. <laughs> Yeah, that's an abundance mindset to me, right? And so, um, you know, in life, I think we can do the same thing and and not not let special interests in the media or or you know groups or whatever, you know, dominate how we live our lives, right? Or even questioning like, why does that make me so angry? You know, question yeah. some of the things you got. You got a you got a left side, you got a right side, and it's like, oh, I'm from this and this and this. Yeah, but deep down what do you guys both want what's the end result like oh yeah. my family to be safe you guys both want the same thing yeah. can you meet in the middle can you have a conversation but most people won't have that conversation because it's like radioactive oh no you're from that side yeah and it's like wait wait just like you said let's yeah. gut, have that gut check and let's have that conversation we might not we might not agree on everything but that's okay we both our family's going to be safe or you know that's what everybody's looking for on the on the deeper level yeah i think we might want to achieve that core value yeah. differently. There's different but ways. We have that yeah. core value, right? Yeah. So we can just agree, okay, we, 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 want to, we want to accomplish that differently. All right, you want to accomplish it differently, right? Yeah. Is that really going to kill you? No. <laughs> Is that going to ruin your life, your day? No. You know, but, but at least if you can just recognize that we share that, that core value, right? And that changes the whole game because then you're not so resentful. I mean, because right off the bat, you'll say, well, we relate. Yeah. Um, one thing we really do we can't there's no denying that uh that's just a matter of meeting meeting each other in the middle right you know figuring that out and having good quality conversation um so a lot of these these principles and things that we've actually been talking about uh yeah they make up great leaders uh a lot of people that we respect is what other differences maybe um would there be between a leader and someone who manages I think the difference is that uh, you're a manager in a different circumstance or situation than when you're a leader. And those can, those can also involve different types of people, right? Carrying out different types, different roles. But to me, in my experience, uh, just for, I've been a manager and, I, and I've been in leadership roles um, you know, professionally. And, and <clears throat> let me just put it this way. I think a good manager is, is a person that he or she um, understands that there's an objective, right? There's a mission, and they're, they're pursuing that. They have a desired outcome. And, um, and so they understand that there's a system or a process, and, and they want the performance to achieve that process to be effective. 
And so they'll manage that process. Um, a, a bad manager, again, involving people, a person who's, who are in those roles, I think want to contain the outcome and in, wanting to contain that outcome because of whatever insecurities they may have or, or you know, feeling of control, they end up containing the people that are involved in, in performing that, right, and, and, and affecting that outcome. Whereas a leader, what I, what I see is someone that they're not trying to contain anything. They just, they just have a vision, number one, right? They kind of like, they have these guiding principles and, and they have a purpose. And so they don't need to have people follow them. But if, if more effective leaders, I think, you know, they, they understand what their guiding principles are, you know, and they, and they have a vision of how to become a better version of themselves and how to add value to other people, how to make an impact. And so when they understand what other people need, then they end up inspiring them because they have a shared vision. Right, uh, and so they people want to join them. I think the most effective leaders are the ones that create other leaders. Right, they don't just want to be the mm -hmm. leader; they create other leaders. And so, uh, to me, you know, again, in my point of view, the kind of leader that I want to be and that I've been working on being is you know, lead from the front, right? And in, in, in whatever endeavor you're doing, whether it's yourself or your family or your neighbor with your neighbors or you know whatever community you're involved with or an organization or whatever or sports lead from the front with a vision and understand what the people who are wanting to collaborate with you what matters to them you know and if you have things in common enable them to add value right support them let them become leaders so you can lead among leaders and then really serve them like help help them become better and so that sometimes means leading from the back and an example I have of that, you know, that I always think about and I always tell my kids about is when I was uh, doing dry land training. I, yeah, I think it was for hockey one season. You know, I was I think I was a junior in, in high school. And I remember this kid, you know, we were running in the trails behind our high school in, in the woods. And he just, he was out of shape, you know. And his older brother would play with us, but he was uh, just this chubby kid. He was out of shape. And there were two of us who were kind of, I think we were kind of like co-captains. And, and um, you know, um, I went to the back of the line because we were all on the single file line, and this guy was straggling behind. And I and I just kept encouraging him, you know. I didn't tell him, you know, hey, you're out of shape, you know, with the obvious, whatever, because not all of us were in shape, right? And I just kept encouraging him, stick with it, you know, just stick with it, just, um, just keep moving your feet, you know, forward. And he came later on and, and told me that he was thinking about quitting, but he didn't just because he thought someone thought he could finish it, right? And I think those kinds of examples can happen in our life if we have kids who are struggling in school, don't think they're good enough in the sport, you know, um, or we have you know, just coworkers that don't think they're adding value. Mm. Or even when we look ourselves in the mirror and think, yeah, I don't know if I, you know, I'm doing what I want to do or, you know, I don't know if I'm good enough or, you know, someone loves me or something, right? Just realize that you can, um, you know, there's, you can, I mean, it's a process, right? You can always become a better version of yourself. So as a, as a leader, you obviously you buy into your own vision. You believe in it so much that people know, hey, he believes in his vision. And you persuade others to buy into that vision as well? Is that... I'm willing like to... If, I'm if willing, you're I'm, a business I'm, owner, for instance, and yeah. you, I mean, you have this vision for the business, right? You got to persuade people to... Right. Ideally, yes, because you need other people, right? Mm -hmm. And so if, if your vision is to add value somewhere, especially if it's to make a living out of it, right, um, 
and it and it has an effect on other people, right? So from an elected official like a mayor, governor, president to um, you know a uh, a business owner, small business owner, or you know a, you know a man or woman leading a family, or whatever it might be, right? Even you know for, for teenagers, right, in a group of uh, friends or on a team or something like that, whatever it might be. Um, you want to work with other people to inspire them, right? You want to understand what matters to them and what they need in order to fulfill what matters to them. But I really do think that if you dial it back to what matters to yourself if you have a vision, it's not that people have to accept your vision. It's that you're willing to fulfill that vision even if no one joins you, right? Because then you separate yourself from wanting to force people, right? Or demanding that they respect you versus, you know, I'm not forcing anyone. This is what I'm going to do, right? And so kind of doing things on your terms in terms of your vision, right? And sooner or later, someone will 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 share something in, co something in common with you, you know? As you say, you want to make your neighborhood better, right? Or you want yeah. to uh, you want to uh, guide younger people in your in your church or your community or your, you know, or, or younger employees in your organization or department or whatever. You know, and, and, and you haven't you want to take the initiative because you have a you have an idea of how to make it better. You have a vision. Well, you don't have to go around and, like have everybody sign a petition to join you. You know, just start doing it. I mean, think of how you can do it, and and even before you start doing it, you might might not hurt to go and ask the people that you're trying to make an impact for. What's your current situation? You know, is it a problem or is there an opportunity that you're trying to pursue? And what happens if we don't do something about it? You know, what happens if we do something about it? And what would it take for you to get behind that, right? And so, um, and then by understanding them, what they, what they want, they're more probably more likely to want to join you, right? And so, and once they get engaged, that's what I mean is that you can begin more, you, you, begin, you, you really, you become even more service because now you have people engaged and you can help them also lead, right? I, my experience is sometimes where I've had the most frustration is when, when I've been, wanting to lead and someone above me um, doesn't want to help me grow more, right? Mm -hmm. Not so much now, but in my past when I was growing as a professional. And I always remember that because I always think you really have to think in terms of developing a leadership development pipeline, you know, wherever you are. Like if my son is 16, I want him to become a better version than I am, right? Become yes. his own man, his own father. He doesn't have to become just like me. If he attributes things to me, then that's you know, that's that's an honor to me. I mean, that's make, you know, that's I'm grateful for that. But um, but just as my dad has done with me, you know, my dad has his place, and I will have my place. And as my son comes up, you know, I want him to be his own man. He doesn't, you know, I don't need to hover over him, right? Like my dad doesn't hover over me. And so, in a professional setting or you know whatever other community we're in, when when you see when you're already in the leadership role or you're coming into a leadership role, always have the mindset to develop new leaders. And some will branch out on their own, but when people come behind you, don't stand in a way. You know, the way I look at it is encourage them to, to, to pass you, you know, to become better versions of you, right? It's kind of like if you're in martial arts, like jujitsu or something, which is what I, I love to train, is, you know, you, you, you have your top black belt, you know, your professor. And uh, he, the good ones are never telling you you're never going to be as good as me. I got to be the best. They encourage you to become 
and the, the greatest schools and academies and those those professors want other black belts you know whether it takes 10 years or whatever you know they want you know their students to become even better right because you become better by teaching others and so that's how i see leadership being effective you know and that's uh, just being of service and not letting your ego hold you hostage that kind of relates to another topic so we're talking about um some of the content that we put out specifically Sal on his own feed. Um, it's really easy to be concerned about oh what what's so and so gonna think or this or that or they might get little digs and little comments which are interesting and can can put you down get you in a weird little funk sometimes. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean he's found that over time you know once they see that you got this vision and obviously you know he wants people to join along but it doesn't matter. He's going to keep going no matter what because he feels that that's his purpose and he's going to fulfill that regardless of who's behind him. That's right. Uh, once they've realized that that's the way he sees things, they're, they've switched and now they're like, oh, well, I better grab on now because, you know, he's going somewhere. He's doing something. He's going to fulfill yeah. this, this dream or idea that he has. Uh, right. And I, it all relates. I thought that was yeah. real exciting. And it, it's a little, it's a little bit of a kick to say, hey, Keep going. That's right. We, we, all, we, we all know we admire, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, because I'm a man, I say especially as men, we, we admire someone who's, who's like, you know, moving forward, right? Pursuing something. But I've, I've seen it, you know, among women. I think that we also, you know, there are women that are taking the initiative and leadership roles. Uh, there's no reason why as a man you're not going to admire that because it really comes back down to character. And so any human, any person that, that, that decides, I want to do this, and this is why, right? Um, so here's my reason to exist, right? Or even if it's just for an endeavor or a project or something like that. This is my purpose. This is my reason for to exist. And, you know, you think of what's my desired outcome? Well, this is my desired outcome. And so here's my mission to, to be able to accomplish it, mm -hmm. right? And then what, what, what values do I have? You know, like, can I wear my guiding principles? All that should develop your vision, right? Mm -hmm. And if you have something to aim for, you have a vision, then and you're willing to go at it alone. But then that's pretty, I, to me, that's pretty powerful because you're not codependent on anybody else. And, mm -hmm. and what I mean is the validation of other people, right? And I think the biggest pioneers that we can think of in any area of our lives are people that just, they just, they're okay. And I don't mean they're, they're, they don't want people to help them or they don't want to be around people. I don't mean that. I don't mean like being anti-social or thing, anything. I just mean they're okay moving forward and taking those risks. And and what I've experienced in my life when I met people like that, if it's something that I can relate to and that I and even if doesn't I don't always have to agree with it, but I can relate to the the value it has, I will support it, mm -hmm. right? I will support it in 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 whether it's you know with my time, my attention, even my resources like money, you know I will support mm -hmm. it. And so, and. Um, I mean, it's, it, it, to me, it's that simple, right? We can yeah. each do that, and we can show that to the younger people that you know are in our lives, and, and you know that we influence. To it's that simple. You know, it's, it's just know what you stand for, know know what you're willing to do for what you stand for. That's even how fulfillment hero came about. You know, we, we I felt stuck in my life, and you know, with a lot of work and mindset and self reflection, I think I didn't know myself. So once I reflected. Mm -hmm. I, I told Dustin, I, I've never felt so free in my life. I'm able to, because I'm not 
dependent on other people's anything external like everything i need's in right right in here and so that being said it just i know our mission and i they say where do you find the most talent in this planet it's in the graveyard but i want to inspire others to be the best version of them even if it's nothing like me doesn't matter right. be your best version and live this life to the fullest yeah. instead of like we say we live in that bubble and we're scared and we're full of this anxiety and this depression that could have been, you know, with our mindset shifted. And then we, we go to the grave that way. That's, I don't want to see that. Right. I, and so that's what the mission is. It's something way bigger than just us. And I don't care what version it is. You define fulfillment. Fulfillment's an art. You got to define it. Nobody else could define it for you. That's right. But here's some tools and principles and self-reflection tools that you could use in order to get there. That's what I want. I don't care. And when you're really on that mission, you want everybody to make it. That's the that's the right. truth. You see somebody working hard, and I used to get like you know envy or jealous, and it's like, no, heck no, like keep going. I want to see you do it. Yeah. Even if you know what I mean, just soar. Absolutely. You want to see it. Yeah. It's true. I mean, we all have that competitive nature, right? We want to mm-hmm. we compete. We, we compete with people, especially with social media. We, you know, we compare ourselves. Yeah. You know, we all do it all as humans, right? But um, you know, I used to work for IBM. There was a t- term that back in the nineties they used to use called coopetition, and it was like I had this manager who was like, you know, you know, he was like, all right, I want you to go to this conference, and I want you to go find out the the, the just the per- the people like you, business developers, salespeople that work for HP and Compaq. You know, this is in San Francisco, and I was like. Why would I do that? Why would I go work with the, sit down with the enemy and you know the enemy, quote unquote? Right? And he said, hey, "That's your problem. You're, you're, you're. It's counterintuitive. You're thinking the wrong way. Yeah. The reason you do it is because they're a human just like you, and if they're new like you, whether they've been around for a year or they're just starting like you, um, they're gonna have the same fears and anxieties like you, and just go connect with them. And so I ended up doing that, and and I, and I continued to try that. And what came out of those, um, those like that approach to get to know people, you know, who were selling for other companies were leads. Mm-hmm. And so, and then years later, when I worked in professional services for architecture, engineering companies, I would meet people that collab- work with other architecture firms, engineering firms, mm-hmm. that we would compete for on projects here in, in Albuquerque and in New Mexico, I mean, in uh, Colorado, Denver. And I would, people, would, we would pass each other leads when we knew that our companies weren't willing or able to fulfill those services. And so instead of being siloed and, you know, and you know, protecting, or you know, or what you know, what's ours? We were sharing it, and so the law of reciprocity started coming out, right? Yeah. And and just like you said, Sal. I mean, the more you look at life like that, when you can admire someone who's, who's, you know, who's, um, let's just say, you know, someone who, who was successfully financially, and mm-hmm. you know, and all of a sudden is not successfully financially. Um, you know, I've gone through that experience. I'm going through that experience, right? And so I can get stuck in that situation where I could think, you know. You know, I you know I was at this one point before, you know now I'm a failure because I'm at this point. If I if that's how I define myself, I'm gonna get stuck there. But if I can think to myself, all right, um, it's all been because of choices. Doesn't mean I'm I'm a bad person, right? It just means that just as just as I made those choices, and even if there were other circumstances involved, I can still make new choices, right? And I can still try to you know take advantage of other circumstances, right, mm-hmm. that are coming about. And um, and take measurable risks involved with that. Be bold, right? As as opposed to letting that die in you. And so and that's where I think the opportunities come. And and I, I say that because I see other people doing that, mm. and and I admire that. Instead of having you know like you said, 
you know, feeling jealous or envious, you admire that. Let yourself freaking admire that. And when you admire that, you know, in anything, man, it's like whether it's the health or, you know, you know, whatever it might be, you know, finances or relationships. You got a buddy who's in a great relationship? Admire that. In fact, go further and ask, what's working for you? How'd you do that? You, do that? Yeah. Yeah. you know, what are you learning from that, right? Um, that's a wonderful thing to do because it only makes you better. And then pay that forward when someone else comes up to you or, you know, you know, someone asks you, how'd, that, how, how'd you do that, man? You know, pay it forward. That's so cool. And then recently I just found out, okay, I, I always felt like I had to fight, fight for something. Yeah. Um, so I found it out, okay, what, what is, I feel better when I have an opponent. What am I fighting against? <laughs> right now I'm fighting against depression, anxiety, obesity. That's the fight. Um, other gyms, you know, we're, we're CrossFit gym and there might be a Planet Fitness next to us and everybody says, wow, that's competition. I said, no, my, my mission is to help people, you know, overcome that obesity, uh, get moving, get healthy. If you're getting those results at Planet Fitness, keep going. Yeah. yeah with all these, all these gyms out here and we still haven't put a dent. So I feel like we're an army attacking it. Yeah, more, we power need more, to, more power to you, right? Yeah, we yeah. need more gyms. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how I feel. Like the, the mindset behind it is not, oh, that's my competition. This is right. my mindset is, can I help people get healthier lifestyles, live fuller, live longer? Everybody wants to know, how do you live longer and fuller? That's, that's what I'm in the business of doing. And at the end of the day, the, the differentiator, right, mm-hmm. will be the person who has that mindset, that attitude of, hey, man, more power to you, you know, and, and teach the wrong, right? Because we all have a choice. And so in, in a certain moment, our choice might be to do something or contract this kind of service or go here, hang out with these kind of people, right? live our life this way in terms of lifestyle. But in the next moment, we may be influenced by something else. And if you're the person that is, you know, supporting, you know, people and what they're trying to do, they're, they're going to remember that. You know, they're gonna, and you're leading your own life, not worried about how everybody else is leading their lives. Mm-hmm. But you are, you're leading your own life, you know, and you're encouraging them to become better versions of themselves, even if it's with the competition. They're, yes. in the case, in, in, like in case of gyms or whatever, then they'll remember that. And it's not like you're waiting around for them to remember that. Yeah, you're moving ahead, right? And then they're gonna want to be part of that. And yep. so, um, I think that's a, it's a good mindset for us to have. And and I think the other thing that we we struggle with sometimes is ask simply asking for help. Mm. How can I do this? Yeah. Or, or when things are asked of us that we find really difficult, simply asking, how am I supposed to do that? Right? And I think it, it leads to people you know, brainstorming and maybe reconsidering things. Is it safe to say that becoming a leader or developing as a leader starts off with the mentality shift? Yeah, it is. I mean, honestly, everything that we've talked about now really goes back to what you're thinking you know, about yourself, you know, what you've found out about yourself, yeah. what you've realized, um, and then the difference in perspective you have on the world now. Right. Uh, but it starts there in the mind. You know, it, I, I think if you could find this, the confidence in yourself by, yeah. being, by knowing yourself so well. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly how to put it. It just, it really, it puts you in that, that step towards being a leader instead of just thinking, hey, you know, you just you're born a leader, or that person. That's right. Was just that way from the get go. It's a learned know? behavior. Would you agree? Because yeah. you know, I used to think, oh, you're born a leader. You know, you're you're alpha. You're this. You're that. You know, you're type A. You, you tell people how it is. You put people in their place. You, you know, you're willing to fight if you need to fight. You know, you're. I mean, you know, I used to. Th- I think all that, and especially when you grew up in, in playing combat. You know, not combat, but like you know, physical sports, right? 
physical contact sports. You, you're kind of that's just kind of how you, how we're all thinking. But <clears throat> when other things in your life come to come to play, like forming a family, getting a job, you know those kinds of things. Um, you know, being resilient, being resourceful. You know, whether you're going to be negative or positive. You know, or, or you know, compare yourself to others, or you know, focus on yourself and you know, and then help others. It, it, those are all learned behaviors through experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And who you surround yourself with, who you want to, you know, and if you're just thinking about yourself or you want to help other people, it's really, it's very important. It's it's a learned behavior. And because it's a learned behavior, if you're learning from others who are, or you think are good examples for you and you're putting it into practice, you're eventually going to teach others, right? And you're going to learn more by teaching, I think, you know, Especially when you when you break it down to values and character, you know, and like for me, my values are really simple, you know, and in any kind of relationship and how I, how I wake up in the morning, how I lead myself, and that's you know three things: integrity, loyalty, commitment, right? And that that doesn't mean that everybody else needs to have those same values. It just means that that's what I'm willing to lead my life in, and that's what I'm willing to give to somebody else. Like I know I I know that's what I the way I have to offer and provide, and I like to earn that from somebody else because it matters to me. I like to know that someone is being honest, has integrity, doing the right thing with me, um, even when I'm not around. And I'm not talking about just in a relationship. I'm talking about you know with friendships or coworkers or stuff like that, or if I'm buying a car from somebody or whatever. Um, and I want to know that there's loyalty. If I have someone else's back, they have my back, right? And if, if we don't agree on that, then at least I know that up front. And commitment just means that you know you do what you say you're gonna do. You know, you're willing to do that. And if you and if you mess up or it doesn't work out that way, then just simply own it and give the other person the ability to own that too. And you hit on something that I believe builds confidence in ourselves. The commitment, you commit to something personally and you follow through. I believe that's where we develop the confidence. Where, like, hey, I started to believe in myself. I said I was going to wake up at the time I did that. I said I was going to go mm-hmm. do this. I did it. And that's where that confidence comes from. Keep the commitments to yourself. Because if you can't keep commitments to yourself, how do you keep commitments to others? That's right. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah, because you have a you have a sense of doubt then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that doubt starts eating at you. And remembering those little the little commitments build up to something big. So don't. I think his advice to anyone listening would be: don't just pass those along as you know, waste time. But being intentional, focusing on that is yeah. going to take you places. Because down the road, you're going to have this huge stack of of momentum to build from uh, like you said the little ones i use the morning waking up i use that as my first one hey i set up tonight i'm going to say hey i'm going to wake up at 4 30 in the morning even if i'm tired i'm waking up and jump out of bed that's my all of a sudden that it just builds confidence I believe in myself i that's said i'm going to do i'm going to do it i do the cold shower <laughs> i don't like it but i committed to doing it i did it and that's like my first you know, two things right away. I'm getting stacking wins right away. Start off the morning. Yep. I um, you know, Mike. I watched this video on YouTube from like an admiral from the Navy talking about how the first thing you should do in the, in the morning is make your bed. And so you know, and so I I do that with my kids right when, when they're with me. You know, I we wake up in the morning and make our beds. And there are times where you're just in a rush and you're like, ah, man, like the bed can stay like that, you know. But then you realize that you end up thinking about it mm-hmm. later in the day. You know, and especially if your kids saw that you didn't make your bed, and you're kind of like a hypocrite. You're sitting there telling them you need to make your bed. So even you know when if it's whether the kids are here with me or not, you know I, I think um, by making my bed, right, at least I did something that I was in control of, right, that I had the ability to do. 
right? And um, even if they didn't make their bed, then I simply can ask, you know, is it something that you can do tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it something that you can make the time to do or plan ahead? And so, you know, the kids and I do something every day. Well, I shouldn't say every day, but we do this thing called our daily three. And this is my, you know, my son and my daughter, you know, 16 and, and 13. And what we start off with is what are you grateful for? Like what are three things you're grateful, up to three things you're grateful for? And then next, you know, what are your intentions for the day? Just up to th- one thing, up one to three things. And then last, how will you achieve those? And all that does is give us perspective with gratitude. So we're having a crappy day, something's happening, there's drama at school or, you know, or whatever, you get in an accident or you're just frustrated or something. If you just go back to what you said you were grateful for in the morning, right? You're used to doing it when we're on our way to, to school, you know, and to work. Then you have like a point of reference. I said I was grateful for this, right? So it isn't all that bad. I have this one thing that I'm grateful for. Um, and then the intention is, you know, aside, aside from to-do lists or what whatnot, what are you gonna, what's your intention for today? Is it just to not get stressed out? Is it to go take a walk? Is it to drink water? Whatever it might be, right? I don't know, say hi to people or smile or whatever, or be, spend time alone, whatever it might be. And then how you say you're going to do it is your strategy and how you're going to accomplish it, right? And uh, we don't do it every day, but when we do, what I end up taking away from that is learning what matters to my kids, right? Wow. Not just asking, how was school today? You know, tell me what it's about. But just hearing what they're grateful for, what they intend to do, and then how they're going to do it is pretty interesting. Instead of, so in other words, I'm not making assumptions about what matters to them, you know, what they need to do. I'm not forcing them to do things. I'm actually just learning, you know, what they're thankful for, what they want to accomplish, and how they plan to do it. I don't judge them on whether it's the right way to do it or not. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't, you know, tell them that you should do it this way, you should do it that way. I just take it all in. And, it's, um, and then they, and their takeaways, they understand where I'm coming from, you know, what I'm grateful for, what I intend to do. And sometimes they'll call me on it. Hey, Dad, how did that go? <laughs> did you do this, you know? And, and sometimes, you know, if I didn't accomplish it, then I'll say, no, I, I wasn't able to do it. Or, yes, I did. <laughs> what a cool tip for families or just relationships in general. I mean, something you can practice with a partner or a team or whatever it may be. But yeah. to, to have that uh, kind of practice as a group so that you can you can hear what they are thankful for what their intentions are without having to put all this crazy pressure, but just taking it in and gaining their perspective without being <coughs> pushy. Yeah, man. You know what I learned from it is that, aside, bless you, aside yeah. from being, you know, dad, right, and, um, you know, being their father, what I realize is that it puts us on the a, on a, on a same level, right, because as humans, right, because, you know, we're all, like, grateful for something, even if it's different things that we're grateful for. Yes. We all have intentions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's different things, you know, their mind's related to work, it might be related to high school or middle school, you know, and then how they're going to do it, you know, you know, it's, it, it differs, but, but it, but you realize that we're all the same in terms of humans, right? Mm-hmm. And so how we do things. And, and so instead of being caught up in these roles, I got to be this way with you, you got to be this way with me, you know, which I, what I used to do, your job is to be a kid, be a good student, you know, my job is to be a dad. Yeah. You know, if you're a parent and all this kind of stuff. By by not worrying about that as much. I know those roles are there, but just asking, you know, I know you're stressed out this morning or you got a test, but what are you grateful for? Yeah. Even if it's like, are you cereal? Well then, you know, that's what they're <laughs> and that's what they're grateful for, right? 
And then at the end of the day, though, you know, they might they may not be as stressed anymore. They might be happy. And I guess I could ask at the end of the day, what are you grateful for now? Yeah. You know, but but uh, we don't. We just do it once once a day, one in the morning. But anyway, it just it kind of puts us on the equal, yeah. equal footing in the moment when we're doing it. He, he hit on a really good point there. I just I do that every morning. So I have morning routines because I think we have, you know, they're not angry people or it, they have rituals that make him angry or, and so being happy, grateful, grateful's a muscle. I believe that we got to exercise. And so every morning I wake up, I'm going through the three things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And then one, one small and two are big. So like the sunrise, I just love watching the sunrise. Yeah. That's something small. Yeah. Um, you mean like over the mountains? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I love wake, I love, I'm a morning person. So I just yeah. love waking up, eating the sun and then watching it rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just something about it. Yeah. That is cool. Um, but that's, that's great because without gratitude, we'll always feel like we don't have enough or we won't realize what we do have. And so I think it's good to practice that, you know, on the daily, every single day you wake up and what are we grateful for? Even at the end of the day, I, I do that too. Like the one thing, what was I grateful for today? Yeah. This. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you think sometimes you have to think cause you're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Cause we're always reactive. We're always in reactive mode. Take the yeah. time and say, I yeah. like reliving moments. Yeah. So I relive moments that I'm grateful for. And I picture it like if I'm there again. My brain triggers like everything. Like I feel the same way as if I was standing right there. Yeah, man. I mean, we can all relate to being in traffic, right? Yeah. You know, and being on I 40, I 25, wherever, you know, especially <laughs> on the freeways here in town or anywhere, anywhere, you know, where, where we're located. And, you know, on our way to work or on our way home and just getting upset because someone cut in front of us, didn't use their signal. Or, and then us, re, you know, reciprocating that, right? Until so you hear stories of, you know, road rage and things like that, and, you know, especially tragic events. But when you put things into perspective, you know, um, when you no longer become reactive to that, even if you catch yourself, you can just be thankful that, hey, you know, you're on your way home. <laughs> and when you get home, you're going to have a meal, you're going to see your family, or you're going home and you're, you're going to just be able to relax alone. You know, you can just grab a beer or go for a walk or go work out, whatever it might be, right? Yeah. Or you got a job, you're going to work, right? You can be able to, you know, meet, you know, talk with coworkers or whatever, whatever, whatever it might be. But I think if we find something that's we're grateful for, it just gives us a perspective, um, aside from you know whatever we're reacting to. Speaking of being grateful, I'm grateful that we're all here and one person that. We did not introduce yet, but that was that had a chance to sit in live with us was our good friend Carrie, and uh, just wanted to tell you thank you for being here. You could say hello. Hi. <laughs> um, but just wanted to get out of the way because I know you will be taken off soon. <laughs> Anyways, nice meeting you. Thanks for, yeah. thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, on the topic of gratitude. Being able to relive moments by taking the time to be thankful for them, I think is awesome. And one of the, the times I go to was skydiving. Oh, that's uh, cool. Which <laughs> I've had the chance to do. Yeah. And something that I wasn't sure I'd ever do. But yeah. now that I've done that, I go back to it and relive it. And it gets me really excited for the day no matter what what time it is or um, no matter how I'm feeling. It's like, wow, uh, this is... <laughs> There's a lot out there, you know, I, I've done things that are, are worth living for and there's going to be more of it. 
Is it the fact that you chose to do it? Is that what you're grateful for? Or I'd say all of it. Experience it? it? I it it would be all of it. I think being being uncom with the willingness to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, you know, knowing that I had that in that moment. Yeah. Uh, and that I accepted to do something that was going to be very different. Yep. Uh, is special me and gets me excited. Like, wow, you know, I made that decision there. I could do that anywhere else. And then also being able to be present in the moment as it happened was a twist. And you were yeah, jumping yeah. out of a plane. There was a point there where it was like, all right, there's no going back. You know, I was I'm getting real nervous. You know, getting, <laughs> it, it is what it is, right? Yeah, but once you're, once you're out there, you're, yeah. you're three miles in the sky. Yeah, that must be amazing. Yeah, oh, it, it, yeah. Was, it was fun. And it was so cool that it made me be present because I was like, there's nothing to be scared of. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm here. Like, it's too late. You can't go back. Like, you're not getting back in that plane. Yeah. Um, but it was very, uh, very exciting. And it's the whole experience of making the decision to, you know, being present and enjoying it uh, for what it gave. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> so what other kind, what kind of actions uh, might someone take to pursue being a good leader well you know um, i i think that the um the important thing you know i'll go back to what i was saying before and i think that it's important to um uh first of all find out what what matters to you what do you value right and so um like i shared my you know what i value earlier in my like what i consider my core values um so what do you value? And then what is your vision to become a better version of yourself? So it all starts with you. And then how can you be of service to anyone that what you choose to do impacts, right? Whether it be your hobby or your work or your family or your, your faith or whatever it might be, right? Your health. And, how, you know, and so how would, and that, and, you know, like Sal was saying earlier, how, how will you add value? I think that's, a, that's it's just a simple question. But it really helps us to think, how can I add value, right? You don't have to have a title. You don't have to have years of experience. You, you don't have to have financial means. You know, you don't have to have, I mean, you can even have just one leg and you can still add value, right? Yeah, it, you don't, we don't need labels to add value. We need intention. And so you can simply ask, um, how can I make an impact? It doesn't have to be, you know, put all over Facebook, you know, just be something that you, you, you're asking yourself privately. How can I ask, okay, how can I, how can I make an impact by adding value to people's lives? You know, um, when you do that, I think it, it gets you on the right footing to be able to say, what am I going to do moving forward? Right. And so one of the things that I share that we were talking about earlier, that I'll, I'll share as an experience is, you know, I, in my current relationship, you know, I'm engaged to get married. I, I really never thought that I was going to get married again, right? I had been married before. Um, and uh, and so, unfortunately, it wasn't, you know, a terrible divorce or anything. I mean, we co-parent and, you know, and um, my, my kids, you know, lead a happy life. Um, you know, half the time with me, half the time with their mother. And so when I, when I, when I entered this new relationship over a year ago, I, I met a wonderful person, you know. And um, now we're engaged to get married. I asked her to marry me. And um, one of the ways that I feel I'm experiencing effective leadership, leadership that I'm, I'm, I'm excited for every morning when I wake up, is in how I'm, how I'm leading myself in this relationship. 
as a man. And so, and all it comes down to is the choices I make. And so one of the things that we discussed is, you know, let's find out what matters to us. You know, my, my fiance and I, this is when we first started dating, you know, and getting to know each other. Let's just take the time to understand what matters to you, what matters to me, what are our values, you know, that might go, that might extend into our past and, you know, and experiences we've had that kind of have defined and shaped our life a little bit. And what matters to us now leading to what vision do we have in the future, right? And, um, and so by doing that, we had tough conversations that typically in my past, Maybe we've experienced this in you know in relationships that you know that you guys have had too, but as a man, I can tell you. I mean, I would never talk about stuff like that, and they just would surface later on in the relationship, and then you kind of struggle with them. You know, I'm sure women have you know struggle with that too, but we start my fiance and I, and I started having those conversations up front, and and really they were difficult conversations sometimes, right? And they can get emotional, and you could have insecurities and feel very, very vulnerable. And it wasn't just about, you know, we're in love with each other. You know, you get to consider other things, especially when we were thinking about spending the rest of our lives together. And on top of that, we had kids. You know, we both have two teenagers. And so the next thing in that strategy was allowing our children to get to know each other, not forcing them to get along, you know, not hoping they get along, just letting them get to know each other. And that's exactly what was happening. They started to get to know each other. The third thing was she and I getting to know each other's kids. And letting them get to know us mm. naturally, you know, not forcing it. And again, not seeking validation or not like hoping they like us, not being codependent on that. Just simply getting to know them and then and being honest, right? Like if there were things that, that I consider important, being clear about that, right? Not not bending on those things or or sacrificing those things so, you know, I don't, you know, fall on the wrong side of, of what my fiance likes or whatever. No, just being honest with that, right? And then and being and then understanding what matters to the kids. But understanding I'm the adult, I'm the man, and these are the kids, right? And giving her the opportunity to be the adult, be the woman, and doing the same thing with my kids and vice versa. And that's worked out really well because our children are very, very tight, you know, very cohesive on their terms, right? Not with, not with mom and dad telling them how to do it. And it's, it's enabled us to develop a stronger relationship with each other, not worry about the kids. The third wave was really um, allow, you know, and then we get to know each other's families, right? And what that means is that we first built this kind of nucleus, this core relationship between she and I and then the kids with each other and then us with our kids and then with each other's family. It doesn't mean that we didn't meet our family until later, just as we got to know our family, you know, we, we got to know our families. But what really matters is that we spent the time getting to know each other. For me, that means that leadership isn't just at work it isn't just on some team it isn't reliving your high school you know high school hockey or soccer or football or baseball whatever days it means you know taking those experiences you know always calibrating that you know becoming a better version of yourself and then applying it in your current life right hopefully so you have a better future and and that you influence people who you're affecting in your life in my case not only my fiance but our children right and um, and that just makes me a better, I think, a better leader. I'd rather be a better leader in my family than be a better leader somewhere else, right? I wouldn't put that before my family. I need to be a better leader myself so I can be a better leader in my relationship with our family. And then, of course, I can add value outside of our family, right? And so, and what I learned in work and with other relationships 
I can take and, you know, again, make, you know, apply those things to my family and vice versa. It's just a cycle, right? And it's a process, and that's that's what I've been learning. So it's working so far. Yeah, we're dropping some good stuff today. Oh, this is really good. This is. I'm, I'm glad we got you got you on the show. Um, I appreciate you guys thinking of me. I you know I always run these things through my head many times, and I it's, <laughs> it's a little surreal to be sharing them with other people. But but I, I appreciate the opportunity to do it. And speaking of adding value, you just added massive value to whoever tunes into this. So. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah, it's it's been some some fire, and we've hit a lot of a lot of great topics. You know, I mean, you want to know how to be successful in your relationships, uh, which uh, that's a lot of what leadership is is being able to cooperate and understand uh, how people work. Um, then being here, listening to this show, is a great place to be right now because you've. You brought a lot of, of good stuff, and uh, just say again, thank you. Thank learning, you. learning how people work, right? Yes, yeah. it is. That's a very important. Um, well, what would you recommend? Any any books or podcasts or YouTube videos, maybe that? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Jocko Willink, and um, and I think you know Extreme Ownership, the Field Manual for Discipline. That's which which is what I'm reading right now. And he's got the new book coming out, you know, with him and Leaf. You know, dichotomy of leadership. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read that because I think that's that's exactly what leadership is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and what I like about it is that it, it comes down to choices, right? Like he talks, they talk about in their book. And um, and what we, what we started this podcast with, you know, vulnerability, right? And, I mean, it's not about, you know, how, how tough you look, how tough you sound, you know, uh, who believes you're tough. It's, it's the choices you make. Right, and it's um, whether it's a choice that leads you down a certain path that you regret later on, but coming back and and feeling like you you've redeemed yourself, not in the eyes of other people, but for yourself, right? Mm. When you look yourself in the mirror, when you think about yourself and what you're doing, um, you feel like you know you're you're making new choices that are better for you. That to me is extreme ownership of yourself, right? And uh, and that has an impact on other people, has an influence on other people because they might emulate what you're doing. So I think that's a great book. And discipline, you know, like when he says, this, you know, uh, discipline is freedom. I, I, I totally believe in that because I haven't always been the most disciplined person, you know, and I squandered opportunities in my 20s and, and even 30s. And, you know, I wasn't the best husband when I was married before. And I'm not going to repeat that. I'm going to be the best version of, 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 of a husband that I can be, mm. you know, as, as I get married and we move forward. And, um, and so I think, you know, those kinds of... Mm, thought processes and mindsets are just, again, learn behavior, right? There's no reason why we can't do it. I think another good book is um, is The Gift of Fear, you know? Mm. And I always, I, I, it was actually a book that my sister, my late sister, let me borrow. And, and you know, I love it, man. It's because it's, we all have fear, whether it's, you know, you know, fear of things that go, you know, bump in the night if you're walking down, you know, to your car and, and garage it. So in other words, situational awareness is really important. But I think you can take it a little bit further, and that's not necessarily what the book talks about. The fear I'm also talking about is just what you're fearful of, right? What you're afraid of, of doing. But when it, what the gift of fear talks about is just recognizing that fear is, is, a, is a tool for you, right? I mean, if you're situationally aware physically around your physical surroundings, you can also take that figuratively and, and realize that sometimes you know, you're, you're fearful of things and you talk yourself out of doing things. Um, 
because you're really not situationally aware. You know, you're assuming things rather than verifying them. Right? Like mm-hmm. when you jumped out of that plane before you got up, you might have thought, there's no way in hell I'm going to jump out of the plane. It sounds cool, <laughs> but I won't do it. But once you did it, you were situa- situationally aware of what you were doing when you were coming down through the sky, right? And you were able to appreciate it in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what I drew from that book. You know, I think it's important to have to use fear as a as a tool, as a gift, right? Pass that on to other people, right? To always be prepared and don't not get caught off guard, and um, but not just not not only just physically, but I mean also like mentally, right? And so, um, and then uh, the uh, last book. I mean, I guess there are other podcasts I love to follow, right? I think John Maxwell, John C. Maxwell, is a great leadership. person that yeah. I love to follow. Yeah, leadership. You know, I plan to get my son the Leadership Bible by John C. Maxwell. You know. Because it focuses on character, and uh, and that's really what I what I'm all about is is becoming a better version of myself character wise, and so you know he he talks about having systems, and I think that's a wonderful thing to have, is systems always you know working on systems. The program that I direct has a simple system. It's a you know it's a startup planning leadership program, you know that you, Justin you and I are you know working on collaborating and and you know you can you can attest to this too, Sal, with your gym and you know what you guys are doing both of this. Fulfillment Hero podcast. If you have a system, you can go through a process, right? And mm-hmm. you can always calibrate it. And so the system for what we teach coach collegiate entrepreneurs is learn, test, receive critical feedback so you can re- analyze it and then continuously improve, right? And I try to apply that in my, in my just in my life. Getting the chills. I know. I'm much good. <laughs> this is good, good man. Really good, in tune. Glad. Thank um, you. I want to ask you a question about f- fulfillment. What does it mean to live a fulfilled life for you? What does fulfillment mean to you? To me, it means being excited and happy with your choices. Being happy with the choices that, that, that you're making. Being grateful for the choices that you've made, even good or bad. Mm. right? But especially being excited about the choices that, that you would like to make. Even if you don't know what they are going to be yet. But just being excited about... Because fulfillment to me means being in a place. So I have a tattoo on my arm that, that, that it's in Latin. And, and it says, Vincit qui se vincit, right? People always ask me if it's Vicente or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, the reason I got it is because, you know, I had gone through the divorce and I feel like I had failed in the marriage and, you know, I had like moral character flaws and stuff like that. And I started running like, you know, trails and, uh, there was a time when I didn't want to be in New Mexico anymore because I'm not from here. I grew up in Alaska. And it was a friend of mine in Colorado running in Colorado that said, oh, have you done these trails in New Mexico, you know, in Albuquerque and San Diaz? Or, you know, have you run uh, these races, Mount Taylor? And, and him not even being from New Mexico got me excited about exploring what I hadn't explored mm-hmm. here in, you know, in the metro area in the mountains or up in Santa Fe. And, and so I started running ultras, you know, 50Ks and stuff like that. And, and that mental game... You know, that the mental challenge, that mental journey, you know, and, and, and how it plays into your emotions and your physical physicality and all that was pretty amazing. And so what that tattoo basically means is, you know, he who conquers himself conquers. And so to me, fulfillment comes back to that, right? It's, it's doing, it's making choices that are meaningful to you. You know, not getting caught up in, you know, dichotomy or, you know, or, or other people's beliefs, just... You know, you I can be respectful of other people's beliefs and you know teachings and things like that, 
but what at the end of the day what really matters to me you know and so and and do i need to you know apply that to you know other people you know or can i just in, invite people to want like my kids for example obviously you know i'm going to guide my my kids cuz i'm their dad but you know and i'm and i'm, I'm going to make known what it matters to me in my relationship right even at work but but really what i ha- the only thing i have control over is the choices i make what i find you know fulfilling for myself and meaningful and and then, and i just hope you know and pray that that has an influence on other people right so it's persuading not coercing and so that's what i consider fulfilling wow that's a great answer <laughs> oh man well how do you know how to i don't know where to go from there we again we've hit so much uh this has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to, to do this and to continue, you know, the fulfillment hero movement uh, yeah. by adding your your name into the the show and Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate the vulnerability as you speak about. I mean, you're able to just say it and you own it. And that's awesome. That's where people learn. If you're not putting everything up front, yeah. how can you learn? So, I really appreciate you doing that and sharing that here with I mean, who knows how many people to hear but you know, my I I want I want to you know thank my dad because you know I you know I had wonderful parents growing up and my brothers and I were pretty tight. You know, we lost my sister two years ago, and um, and so recently having conversations with my dad, you know, when he's been with you know he's come up to visit me, and you know come up to visit us and he stayed here with me. Um, I started having conversations with him that I never had growing up, right? And you know sometimes you have a contentious relationship with your dad, even though you love your dad or. He loves you, but you whether you become rebellious as a teenager or you know you become your own you know man of the house and father, and you you feel like yeah you don't want your dad hovering over you telling you why I had to do things. But when you go through life and you know adversities and things like that, a lot of times because of the choices you made, you become curious as to how other men deal with it, and that curiosity led me to ask my dad, "What things have you regretted not doing and doing?" And what I learned from asking those kinds of questions was, what did he feel? What he what did he carry with himself from a boy to a young man to a man that he grew up with, with his dad and his stepfather? You know, this was back in you know, you know, nineteen forties and fifties in Mexico. You know, things were very conservative, and you know, for 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 a man and woman to go through a divorce back then, and for a kid like him to have to go through, you know. Uh, living with his dad, but then uh, half of the time living with his stepfather, not knowing what to call his stepfather father or his dad father, you know, having, you know, the kids from the stepfather saying, you know, he's not your dad, you know, he's not your real dad. And when he says, my dad, when he visits his father having his own dad say, you know, my grandfather say, well, how many dads do you have? You have one dad or, 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 or do you have two dads, right? And so kind of growing up with that, um, having him relay all that information to you in his 80s, you know, when I'm in my 40s, is pretty eye-opening, right? It's pretty enlightening um, because you realize that as men, um, you can waste your whole life with regret, even though you don't accept that it's regret, simply because you didn't accept vulnerability, right? And... Um, and to me, you know, when we could talk about like character and ownership and all these things that, you know, we get excited about. Um, 
those things are possible because we're able to accept hey, what makes us vulnerable, right? And not not slap a label on it like it's not masculine or it's whatever you know. It's it's just accepting what makes us vulnerable. So, you know what I what it led me to do when I was talking to my dad was decide I'm going to break the cycle instead of being this tough dad with my son. Mm. I'm going to be vulnerable with my son, so he doesn't make the mistake of not being vulnerable when he grows up in his relationships, you know, or when he, when the day that he's a father, right, or a husband and stuff like that. And and that again, it goes back to what we have control of. We have control over what we define as important, and not so much worrying about the external circumstances or experiences, right? Yeah. And and I that's what made it, what became important to me is learn from my father's experience. You know, be open to hearing from him, realizing that he can be humanized. He's a human, right? Yeah. And uh, and I can be the same way. And I can look at my son and say, Hey, he's gonna have his own experiences, you know. I want to share with you what I was vulnerable about, and I try to project this hard image to my my own kid, right? And so hopefully he'll he'll the cycle's broken there. Right? He won't have to wait till I'm in my 80s, you know, to ask me, Hey, Dad, what what, what you know, what did you regret? And so, so that's to me that's really powerful. And again, it comes back to leadership. I can look myself in the mirror or just think, I like how I'm leading myself, you know, and just trust that. You know, God will will guide my son like He's guiding my dad. You know, and then guiding me to just to be the best version I can be. Not perfect, but just you know, just try to be the best version. Yeah, it's fun looking at you two both. So Sal has a son also, kids. Yeah. Uh, and from the outside, getting to look at you both and yeah. see how you guys relate, and from my perspective, what I pick on from the both of you is exciting to see that uh, I guess just the mentality of, of leading uh, yep. a young person like that it's so important now I mean I think it we is. all agree right especially yes. when we talk about fulfillment and you know when all these conversations come about about toxic masculinity and all those kind of labels mm-hmm. I don't agree with, with getting caught up in labels like that you know I think you either make a right choice or you make a wrong choice and that involves not only how you carry yourself but how you treat other people be it women or fellow men or kids or animals, but just make the right choice. And if you haven't made the right choice, own it and, and then improve upon it, right? And so I think that, you know, whether they're a young man that didn't grow up with a dad or didn't grow up with a dad that was the best version of himself, you know, or grew up with an amazing dad, right? Or had an amazing dad that, and, 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 you know, he was lost to illness, cancer, death, whatever. Whatever the circumstances may be, I think that, um, we have an opportunity to to learn from from men that have just been humans, mm. whether their experiences have been good or bad or whatever. Just learn from them, right? Because they have wisdom in in those experiences. We have wisdom in our own experiences, whether we're in our forties, fifties, thirties, twenties, whatever, and even if we're in our teens, right? But also being willing to influence not only our own sons but our you know our our, our peers, right? And um, you might be in your early 20s, Dustin, and I'm in my 40s, but if we're you know, working in the same program. There's no reason why you can be just as good of a leader or better than I am, right? And there's no reason, reason why you can be better at video editing and things like the video messaging, and I can learn from you and enable you to add value that way, right? Or if I, you know, if that's how you, you have, you know, your purpose and focus and, you know, in making a lot of people's 
health and lives better, right? Pushing past the boundaries that we put in our mind, you know, through your gym. There's a reason why I couldn't ask you, even though I love kettlebells and, you know, I like to hit the heavy bag and stuff like that. And I, you know, ran ultra runs. There's no reason why I can have some. I can't have some humility and come to you and ask, "Hey, man, what do you, what would you recommend?" Right. And so instead of being in our own little bubbles and silos, you know, oh, I know what to do, and I'm not going to ask for. Mm-hmm. We can we can not only influence people, but we can let people, other men, influence us. And and the world needs that, just the way women do that with each other, you know, and they bond and support each other. Men need to do that because it makes us better men for the women in our lives, and just like women are better women for the men in their lives, you know, when they bond. We got to do that. I love that. I, and even parenting, I felt like it was going back and, you know, making sure I fixed my own own wounds or else I passed those on. So yeah. I had to go back and That's I had right. to say, I had to take complete ownership of everything in my life. And at first I was embarrassed of all the things I'd done and things that failed. But then I said, this is part of it. This is, if it wasn't for this, you wouldn't have grown into the man you are now. And so making sure that, know i got in there and i'm I'm working on it and being straight up honest with achilles like hey i made mistakes and this is how i overcame him um i'm not perfect because i think we get confused sometimes when you you think your dad's perfect like oh he's never doesn't feel nothing he has i don't know and it it throws you for a loop so i continue to work on myself because that's how i could be the better version of or achilles leader yeah that's wonderful and he and and he will, Achilles will learn that. He'll, he'll, he'll that's what, I mean, we, we remember when we were boys, right? We were looking up to our dads or uncles or, you know, mm-hmm. all their cousins and stuff like that. And and it's, um, and as long as we trust, you know, our intention to be good men and good fathers, you know, or honest. You know, honest, yeah, exactly. Um, kids are smart enough to, to pick up on that. And so are, you know, men our age or younger men and whatnot, you know. It's just uh, we all have a sense of dignity and respect, right? And uh, we got to trust in our ability to to have that influence others in a good way. What's interesting to me there is thinking that uh, for father figures who come across as perfect or who push that, yeah, I feel like that pushes uh, dishonesty within their children because they think, all right, well, or my parents are perfect and now i just made a mistake so uh oh yeah i better hide it yeah better hide it yeah (laughs) because they don't do that and they're gonna be upset uh so i just from the get-go that may push someone or or make them lean towards developing uh lying habits yeah and then we're always seeking validation right Mm -hmm. and so and that's and it's uh yeah it puts us down a certain path when we start seeking validation I think one of the biggest problems we have, uh, not just as men, but as people, is that we're not willing to say no when it matters, right? Not just to say it in vain, but not, but when it matters. And, you know, and saying yes when it matters, right? So, um, yeah, those things, those, those things are important to be aware of. All right. Well, we've been going at this. Wow, I'm glad that it took off the way it did because it felt good. I, yeah, uh, overwhelmed with uh, the stuff that we got here. We got a lot to work with. I just want to say, you know, if, I, if we have a couple seconds, I mean, yeah, I really admire what you guys are doing because I think that a lot of people would shy away. Either people come out with a bang and say, you know, this is a cause that I'm behind, or they kind of shy away from, from you know, finding their voice and sharing it. And what you guys are doing with Fulfillment Hero 
is to me based on uh, character, you know, and and character just and being a better version of yourself, and not being self righteous or mm-hmm. you know being the only source of wisdom on character, but seeking experiences from other people. I've heard some of the other podcasts, and I think it's wonderful. I think it's I think it's a the true service, you know, true servant leader mindset that um, where you share how people have transformed, have gone through this transformation, and you guys have gone through your transformation, right? And and I think it'll have a ripple effect on whoever's open to to receiving that, to learning that, to transform them, right? And you transform by making choices, right? And then following through on those choices, you know. And so what you're doing is a great service, man. And I thank you for having me on board to participate in that. This was a really great podcast. I got goosebumps a few times through it. So, <laughs> no, I really appreciate you. Uh, first off, taking us into your home here and letting us record and being such a service. You provided massive value not only to Dustin and I but everybody listening. So, I really appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, very grateful. And it, My pleasure. It, it's cool for us to come in and think that we're also here to learn. Yes. You no, know, it's right. it's not just about producing something. It's like we're here to learn a lesson and. Uh, in this age, we're able to share that with others. You know what we're learning. We get to uh, to share that down the line. Uh, and thanks for your comments. We look forward to to letting this thing grow, um, pushing it further and further and further. And I'm sure down the line, uh, as we all continue to develop, we'll have you on again. Yeah, yes. I'd love to. And I'm, I'm happy to now. I'm happy to spread it. Let people know the good work that you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, count me in. <laughs> Got got rid of the, the butterflies, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had tons of butterflies coming into it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap this this thing up. Uh, it's been a great evening, and man, I'm excited to drop this one. But all right, well, this has been Fulfillment Hero, where we share, define, and discuss the principles that model fulfilling life. We will see you later. Bye. <laughs>